uh, happy that you joined us for just our Bible study. Um, together we're going to be going through um, the book of Philippians and just seeing uh, what it says and just enjoying our, our day-to-day um, life and, and crack. Um, so I'm Gareth, uh, I'm a teacher I suppose and uh, I just I started in the Bible. I'm Simon, um, I work for CEF, uh, stands for Child Evangelism Fellowship, currently based here in Ireland, in the Northwest. Enjoying life, enjoying friends. Introducing one of them. Yeah, well, I'm David, uh, I'm a joiner, uh, Bolton contractor, so I'm. Uh, so, what I really want to get out of this Bible study is they learn a lot from uh, Gareth and Simon, and maybe. As I delve uh, deeper into the word, uh, learn a lot myself. I raise my hand to the shame that I am not the most uh, educated in the Bible, and uh, but it's something I want to get better at, and I think this would be a great way. And having a bit of fun, uh, it will be very informative for me and hopefully you. And and these guys will get some out of it, but uh, I think it will be uh, good if you just. Uh, Enjoy sitting in and listening to uh, what uh, we'll be going through, and hopefully, uh, you will get as much out of it as we will. Mm. So, on that point, if you want to go, grab your word and potentially a cup of coffee as well, which mm-hmm. we're all fueled with already. And really, we packed Philippians because we thought not that it'd be easy, but it's a nice, it's a short book. Um, it's got some clear points and it nicely refers back um, into where you meet um, the Church of Philippi and Acts. So we'll probably just kick it off in about Acts 16, just, sure. to, just to see um, the background of it. I know why we listened to this the ESV Bible app reading the words to us so that we would be able to pronounce them, but I have completely forgotten. Um, Thyra, Thyra. <laughs> it's not that one that worries me. Uh, but sure, we'll start here just uh, Acts 16, verse 6, and we'll probably just um, go down to. Verse fourteen, and then we can come onto the onto the conversion of Lydia and stuff yeah. later. So uh, this is Paul, and when they went to the region of Phygera mm-hmm. and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia, and when they had come up to Asia, they attempted to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So passing through Messiah, they went down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man from Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And setting sail from Troas, he made a direct voyage uh, to Samoa Thrace, and following day to Neapolis, 
and from there to Pompeii, which is the leading city of the district of Macedonia and the Roman colony. We remained in the city some days, and on the Sabbath day we went, south, went outside the gate to the riverside, where we supposed we would find a place of prayer, and sat down and spoke to the woman that had come together there. So, we've been having a look, um, just over the week, and trying to think, obviously, why would we, why would we want, why would Paul single out Philippi as a place to go? Um, and you were having a look, Simon, and seeing, uh, why was Philippi significant? Yeah, it was significant um locational for in a locational basis uh, was significant because it was kind of a gateway between europe and asia i believe so um and it was a it was a province of the roman empire well it was a colony really mm-hmm. um and so it was obviously important for them um for trade um i think it was a wee bit in from the coast um just check on my bible i think it was like 12 or 13 miles from the coast became quite an important trade city because of that mm. trade between uh, east and west essentially. So, yeah. yeah. And what about uh, it was it had a strange mix of people. It, you know, it was talking about a Roman colony, but not the vast majority of the population weren't Roman. Yeah, they were uh, Roman citizens, but they weren't. Mm. Well, that was that was the interesting thing, uh, and I think. Um, it was just on the notes on my story Bible here. So I think the breakdown of it was they were Greek. So they were Greek. The the language that was the language I think that was by law, which was spoken like the um common tongue. Yes, the common tongue was um Latin, I believe. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the local people um spoke, I think, spoke Greek. Um, I think I'm getting that right. I can double check that. Um, um, so you had quite a quite a mix because then you also the fact that yes, a lot of them were Greeks, but a lot of them classed themselves as Roman citizens uh-huh. as well. And then that goes back again to the fact that they there was a lot of there was a path to citizenship almost in Philippi mm-hmm. for I think you spied it, Gareth was um to do with retired Roman soldiers. Mm-hmm. And so essentially, they weren't a significant population, but they were still a, they were significant in the sense that they were well respected and stuff. But that's um, so you've quite an interesting sort of Greek, but they they like to call themselves Romans and they spoke a couple of different languages. So it was quite the, we call it today probably quite a melting pot. You know, it was definitely a multicultural setting mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, well, I suppose even on on the likes of if you look at even the sense of like Ireland and Northern mm-hmm. Ireland, Northern Ireland is part of Ireland in the sense it's part of the island, island the same island. way that Philippi was part of Greece um, and Northern Ireland is classed as basically a British province so the people under British the same way um, and Philippi that that area was classed as being basically a little of Rome mm-hmm. so they're they're Roman by everything uh, in that regard because of where they were born in the same way that because we were born in Northern Ireland we're British even yeah. though we were born in the island of Ireland yeah that's a good, good so, comparison um, so it kind of brings in that whole that whole idea of you know they're, they almost had dual citizenship mm-hmm. in, in many ways um, 
So that was that was for one thing. And like those retired veteran soldiers would have been like the ruling class. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the elites. Mm-hmm. The elites. Uh, I think it says that uh, the the people there, the Greeks themselves, or the the, the inhabitants, they were very poor. They're uh, on the bread line or even just below, mm-hmm. and they had mm-hmm. very little because the uh, the Romans uh, colonized it and took it over. They uh, parcelled out the land to um, these grants of land to these retired soldiers, so uh-huh. they saw it like pushed out the, the locals mm-hmm. and uh, took it over. So really, the likes of even Paul and Silas coming to this place um, had a very strategic value, the same way it was strategic for Rome, it was strategic for the gospel as well. Yeah. Because they were coming from basically the east, um, from Israel, that area, and then moving their way across bringing the gospel. Well, I think um, it was the first, Philippi was the first um, European, mm-hmm. so kind of the first steps that Paul took in European soil, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, just to clarify there, so just so I got it there, the official language was Latin, but the daily tongue was Greek. Yeah. So I think I got it right, but just sort of confirm that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and you and I, Garth, were talking earlier, um, again, I think it's because we're all just looking at this at the same time. Um, that Paul, we you read it there actually in Acts 16, Paul had been forbidden to go to Asia, mm-hmm. uh, and we're obviously going to look at Lydia in a wee bit, but one of the first converts in this European city was originally from Asia, because Lydia was from, uh, mm-hmm. from a province in Asia, which is just... Thyatira? Yes, Thyatira. 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 <laughs> we're going to be tongue-fostered at the end of Yes, it was very strategic. I mean, um, and we'll obviously look at it, probably not all tonight, but there were some significant conversions, obviously, in Colophon mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which Acts 16 covers. So. And as the, as the Gospels going forward, um, predominantly it would have been towards the Jews up until, up until now. Obviously, Paul, Paul was called to, to go outside the Jewish people to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and Peter was the apostle to the Jews, but now they're they're really getting out of Jewish lands, out of kind of the Jerusalem, Ju- Judea, Samaria, and on down. This is probably getting to the end of the earth part. Yeah. So so we're going there. He's already been on us. This is within the second journey because him and Barnabas had already been there first. And then so now and Philippi they're going within the second journey, him and Barnabas had split. Um and they went to Cyprus, it says there in fifteen thirty-nine. Um, but Paul chose Silas and departed, and commended by the brothers to the grace of the Lord. He went through uh Syria and Salica, Salica, um strengthening the churches. Um mm-hmm. So as, as they're coming on, they're, they're going further away, um, the gospel's spreading, um, and Paul usually had a format um, whenever he went on to new places, um, whenever he came to a different town or city, he would have stayed there, kind of learned the day-to-day, but whenever it came to the Sabbath, he knew that he was going to start um, in the synagogue, 
But yeah. Fall of Pie was different because it didn't have the synagogue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, that was again to do with um, you were both talking there about that was heavily it was, it was a colony of the Romans and obviously there was a the percentage of the population that was retired. There essentially wasn't a big enough Jewish um, uh, you know percentage of the people um, Jewish community within um, within Philippi and therefore they didn't have, they did, basically didn't have enough Jewish leaders in order to open and sustain a synagogue, yep. um, which is why you said that's we that's why we would assume that when he started to go to evangelize, he didn't mm-hmm. go, he didn't go to synagogue because there was no synagogue to go to. There was so, um, traditionally, it would have been about 10, 10 Jewish men, wasn't mm-hmm. that right, Dave? Yeah, that was about right. You know, um, but we were. Simon and me were, were chatting about it um, while you were away hanging doors. I know, I know. When, when we were all getting ready. But, um, and we were like, you know, it wasn't just that, because they reckon that Philippi was about 10,000 people, so it was a big-ish place, mm-hmm. a big ta- big-ish town, particularly at the day. Um, and it wasn't that Paul seemed to wander around. He's like, uh, where is it there? And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. Like they mm-hmm. had a fair idea. And you you were highlighting, Simon, that, that it seemed to be a, a carry a carryover from the time, mm-hmm. exile time? Yeah, so Ezekiel, um, you could go there really quick. Um, um, 11, 16? Yeah, I think it was 11, uh, 16. Um, I can just look it up again. I lost, I've lost. There's the place there now. I've lost my place as usual. Um, let's see. Yeah. So Ezekiel eleven sixteen. Mm-hmm. So I can actually just go there really quick. Um, eleven eleven sixteen eleven sixteen eleven sixteen. I want you to get the reference. There we go there. So eleven sixteen says. Um, therefore say, um, thus says the Lord God, although I have cast them far off from among the heathen, and although I have scattered them among the countries, yet will I bring them a little sanctuary in the countries where they shall come. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Ezekiel, they're in exile at this point. Um, and so that's what, um, what they did was they... They gathered near the thing. So if you go back further in Ezekiel, just for one quick thing, I think it's Ezekiel 3, mm-hmm. verse 15. Yes. Um, and this is Ezekiel speaking. And he says, Then I came to them of the captivity of Tel Aviv, mm-hmm. that dwelt by the river of Chabar, and I sat where they sat, remaining there, astonished amongst them seven days. So I don't like I don't I don't know what it is. Um I don't know if they went, if there was a specific reason for why they set up camp. Because obviously they're in exile, they don't have a synagogue, mm-hmm. they don't have the temple. And so they obviously went, this is a place that they chose that will meet down by the river. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if there's any really significant reason for why they did no. that or what, if they just chose it. So, but to get back to what we're talking about in Acts 16, it's, it's possible that Mm-hmm. They're reading the Torah, the Old Testament, and they just 
well, we don't have anywhere to worship per se, yeah. an official building. So we'll do what they did in the old days, and we'll just go down by the river. And maybe that was a custom. Maybe it was like symbolic or something. Uh, I, I I don't know. And so obviously Paul's thinking, well, that's probably a good place to start looking for them. And even there, I just noticed it because whenever I go to a, a page in the Bible, I always nearly glance my eye down just see what's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Ezekiel eleven nineteen um, kind of highlights just God what God's going to do for the people. And the years uh, to come, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit, and I will put, and I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's again, in the Old Testament, God wanted the Jews to to love Him not out of a ritual, but out of just a devotion. And the same with us as with us as Christians, God wants us to um, love him and obey him with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and, and he gives us the Holy Spirit to do that um, whereas even in our best we can't do it um, so Paul is really coming to this place down to the water to to invite them to, to know the Lord, yeah. to have their heart of stone removed yeah. and given that, and that new heart and new spirit but to even as we as we move forward, um, we see we see the different um, things that happen within within Philippi. Obviously, as as you pointed out, he's, he's down there, place of prayer. They spoke to the woman and they came together. Paul wasn't averse to to sharing and teaching woman. At, yeah. At all. Um, yeah, especially. Um, Especially if they didn't, um, if he didn't know them personally, mm-hmm. which is important, they make that distinction. Um, obviously, you would have a woman within your family, mm-hmm. and of course that was probably fine. But I think knowing in Jewish culture that you didn't, you didn't always, you didn't openly have conversations with in public mm-hmm. with women like men. Sorry, Jewish men would not have had, you know, conversations publicly with women that they didn't know like strangers. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't seen as the right thing to do. Uh, um, but obviously he's there. Even going back again, like it's interesting, or not back again, just thinking about it. You know, whether these women, whether some of them were Christians or not at this point, likely not. But they obviously had some heart to seek mm-hmm. God, because that actually says that's why they were there. Yeah. Um, you know, where prayers were wanted made. So obviously these women were coming here for, even as a symbolic reason. Mm-hmm. Um so essentially, Paul didn't really care about the cultural, uh, like how it looked. His main concern is where am I going to get people that are probably going to give me an ear, essentially, mm-hmm. that are going to actually maybe want to hear the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's 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 good thought. Yeah. Um, they uh, it's like they had an interest. It says there um, talks about Lydia in verse fourteen, uh, who was a worshiper of God. We're assuming. Uh, she knows him uh, as Yahweh, um, the, the God of Israel. Um, and again, as a place of prayer, the woman didn't uh, the woman didn't wait for there to be ten men to form a synagogue. They took the initiative mm-hmm. and, and were worshipping themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to uh, realise that when the Bible mentions woman, it is for a purpose. Mm-hmm. Because, as you were saying, Simon, in the Jewish community women were looked down on they weren't 
they are to be seen and not heard. And whenever the Bible mentions women, it is for a reason. And that you say, Paul, he uh, went to them, and this wasn't a done thing. I think uh, if you're a Jew in that time reading this, it was more God was trying to change uh, the norm of society back then, where you know at that time they just thought like. Uh, it was just to the men, you know, always for the men, going towards the men where uh, they're trying to normalize it, that women should be included in everything as well, mm-hmm. you know. I also find just on a general note, um, mm. has the, the, the woman tended to respond to the gospel, the gospel better mm-hmm. um, than the men. Even during the time of Jesus, it talked about how the disciples were, were, were financed by many many rich woman, even within Herod's household. Yeah, aye, um, that's a look actually. I'm, I'm, I'm only just thinking, thinking that now because I'm like, you know, that's, uh, you know, because you can't think, right? And you just pass over. But, you know, there's there's obviously, as David, David says, there for a reason, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're there to, you know, they were, and even, there's a lot of female names Mm-hmm. Within the within the New Testament and the writers of Paul or the letters of Paul, it's written because these women have have held households and um, churches have been happening within there. Yeah, that's actually an excellent example because you find quite a lot. Even in the Old Testament, you find like I can't remember the exact chapter and verse, but it's Elijah, and he comes to a house and it's a woman and. Um, she puts them up and all, and you see that theme continued in the New Testament as well. Uh, what of Zarephath or something? Yes, possibly, yes. Something she, like that um, there. But like, she just uses her house as, like it's a hospitality thing, mm-hmm. and she wants to, and that's a big thing for a woman in the New Testament. Um, yeah. I think Tuesday, as you were saying, and it, it kicks against, against um, something that sometimes you hear devil mm-hmm. at the Bible, is that or at, at the God of the Bible, uh, is that you know, God does in some way view men and women in a different light. And that's that's just not to be seen to be true. Um, mm-hmm. When you see the position that women are given, mm-hmm. um, and, I mean, that's a conversation for another night. You know, we could talk about specific roles, but in terms of value, mm-hmm. God very much views men and women on an equal plane. And I think I think that's important. And again, not at all uns- or insignificant that the first converts mm-hmm. for Paul in Europe our woman, mm. if you were pointing them, that they were the one, it was a group of women that he came to mm. that were praying and seeking to, in their own way, to, to worship God, well, even though at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they were, mm. they were going about it the wrong way, and but, you know, go ahead. A prominent woman, too, because I've yep. been a seller of purple, it's highlighted as a profession, but it was mm-hmm. also, like, it would have been the, basically the finest clothing maker mm-hmm. um, of the day. Because well, purple was so. It was going to be the color of royalty, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, purple. Because it was so hard to mix. Red, mm-hmm. red was the peasant's color. Mm-hmm. See, that's the reason why, from just a historical note, like the the parliamentarian army mm-hmm. um, had a red tunic because it was the cheapest, mm-hmm. um, and everybody could get red. Um, whereas purple was the was the hardest one to mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so she would she would have had plenty. Uh, plenty of finance and plenty of money, but um, but again, it doesn't matter how much money you have, or it doesn't matter 
um, your position within the community, um, or even that she knew God. Um, but the key part here is halfway through verse 14, the Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which again highlights, you know, comes back to that, that verse that we always talk about, even, uh, you know, we can't create an anxious thought. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter how much um, we try to impress somebody the need for Christ. Mm-hmm. That's God that that opens their eyes, or in this case, um, opened her heart to mm-hmm. pay attention. Um, and sometimes the biggest work that we can do for the people who we love, who we want to see to be a Christian, is just to pray that God mm-hmm. moves their heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, after, after she was... Uh, converted she was baptized her household as well um we would assume that they they followed suit mm-hmm. um believing in the lord and, and becoming baptized um saying i have judged uh and she have you judged me to be faithful as you say come to my house and stay and she prevailed upon us hospitality again yeah um and this really is uh as we follow through um we go down through 16 Paul and Silas in prison, um, and then the Philippian jailer, um, as we go through, uh, as well as you know this this church, and we're only taking a quick look at this. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't, and you can read through this yourselves as we come to the letter. Um, you know, of the Philippian, that's a church founded on first of all a simple preaching of the gospel, mm-hmm. backed up. By the miraculous signs that happen afterwards, which you find nearly through Acts, you had the gospel preached, mm-hmm. and then the miracles authenticated it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same way the likes of you seen that in the life of Jesus as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, statements like "I am the bread of life," and then they fed five thousand people. Yeah. Um, the miracles authenticated who you said he was. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the miracles by themselves were a sign, yes. but they backed up the message. Um, which is why, again, you can't just say Jesus is a great teacher because if yeah. you take certain aspects of his teaching as, as madness, you know, <laughs> like, oh, the, the moral stuff is, is obviously really good, but you have to balance that alongside where he made very clear, it's like, I am the Son of God, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, so it all has to be taken together. Um, so again they they had the earthquake there um they were beaten but obviously paul silas and and co made a big impression Mm -hmm. on this church Mm -hmm. um and this happened well i was having a look at it ad 50 well they reckon there's a space between 49 and 51 so but it's again with the same fact as like when paul died there's there's or whenever letters were written, there's usually a play of about two years. So yeah. there's there is a wee bit of a difference. During this time there is starting to be more hostility towards the Jews and I. Um Emperor Claudius expelled the Jews from Rome in AD forty nine, which you could wiki if you wanted. <laughs> 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 this this is not that I've sat and, and done major research, but I was curious as to, you know, because sometimes you forget that, you're like, well what you know, 
Like what's what's the political one at the time? Yeah. Not that not that it's the be all and end all, but it gives you an idea of the environment. That's really yeah. what we're mm-hmm. setting the tone here before we even get onto the letter. What's the environment of the day? What's the place like? So you get a feel for what the ground of Philippi is like. Yeah. Under your feet. What do the people believe? We didn't even really talk on that yet because they were they were they had a Roman idea of religion. Mm-hmm. Roman, multiple, yeah. multiple gods. Multiple yeah. Because Roman yeah. and Greek religion would have been quite similar. Yeah, it would have been polytheist. Like it would have been multiple gods, polytheist. Mm-hmm. Um, like many gods. The Greeks, the many Greek, many gods. Mm-hmm. Aye, they had uh, the god of war and the god of. Aye, you know, it was all like the Zeus and, and all that jazz because that was Greek. Yes. Uh, and then that was kind of muddled with this Roman because they're trying to impose their over. It's like Greek culture overlaid with Roman culture, mm-hmm. yeah. so it, it sort of gets muddled. So I suppose you had families or even areas or groups of people within Philippi who uh, was adopted more or less of the Roman culture so maybe maybe more Greek gods or maybe more Roman gods or they picked and choose whichever one they liked and not uh, yeah. like but even then you had the likes of like their gods like Aries became Mars Zeus mm. became Jupiter yeah it all just depended but uh, but even one thing that's that's commonly forgotten about and I know I forget about it all the time was the fact that the Romans believed um that their emperor was a god. Mm-hmm. And and it was pushed forward now there's no no real evidence to say it was wholesale and Philippi, but it, it was commonly believed, even mm-hmm. back to the time of uh when we were in Rome um and on a tour, it was even something that the guides said whenever we seen a picture of Augustus because Augustus was the emperor when Jesus was born and the time and the idea whenever he was made emperor was there was such a hype of like he is going to be the one to lead us into this new world with new understanding and new ideas he's going to save the empire mm-hmm. the same way you know he was obviously the world's messiah mm-hmm. yeah. for, the sake of, for yeah. the sake of a different word um, instead of the one who Christ um was going to be mm-hmm. born a stable and then died on a cross mm-hmm. um so that but I, but I think that would maybe come from like you know seeing him as god is you have to understand the vastness of the roman empire and the power the roman empire had and for one man to be in control of that whole thing mm-hmm. you just think that the common people or just the normal people would be thinking he's so much power like uh like it's so vast they couldn't fathom you know we can now because we know travel so much easier but back then they hear these stories all these places what the roman empire mm-hmm. had taken over they think one man held us he, he must have the power of a god mm-hmm. yeah and then it just rolled into us here to like folklore nearly mm-hmm. and then it just mm-hmm. would adopt that you know it was godlike power he had yeah you know he had so much power over people and Control, control. Uh, that's it. Well, we see that today, and mm-hmm. and the countries where they're run by tyrants. Yeah. You know where their their leader is elevated to godlike status because their the parliament doesn't really hold any power. It's not it's not spread out. It's one man. Mm-hmm. You know, and even the likes of the times of 
I'm thinking like Gaddafi and Saddam Hussein, mm-hmm. you know, not particularly good guys, um, but they were held to such levels of fear by their mm-hmm. people because they held absolute power. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're huh. Oh, well, they say too, which is interesting, that you know the Roman Empire lost its power. The more they went that way, the more the emperor became god, and mm-hmm. all the um, even the little small influences of Christianity. Once that all started falling away, it essentially caved in on itself because they basically when you put your emperor as god and you put self as god and all the, and they promote all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. like they are into some crazy stuff. Like the kind of and the kind of the kind of sins that they were committing, mm-hmm. and naturally over time, then. A society just can't sustain itself on that. It just mm-hmm. it, it literally it caves in on itself mm-hmm. because there's just no there's no higher authority, do you know what I mean? They're just uh, you know, and that's sort of what happens when when you get that kind of godlike figure and in, in charge because they think they can do anything. Mm-hmm. But they're they're basically they're destroying themselves, you know, which is interesting. And and again nothing nothing's new under under the sun because the likes of this has been going on centuries because back whenever uh, the children of Israel were in Egypt mm-hmm. the, the Pharaoh was classed as God as well mm-hmm. yeah you know um, and, and he was held up and esteemed as, as basically their God incarnate um, and they represent the 